Sexy Skulls from VH1's Rock of Love. And this is Talk of Love, the new podcast. This isn't just reality, this is real life. Hey everyone, it's Lacey motherfucking Skulls, and this is Talk of Love, episode 57. Actually, this week we are doing something brand new. Uh, In my efforts to expand the Talk of Love channel and bring you guys even more content, this is going to be the first episode of what I'm calling Love of Talk. And basically, you guys know that I did Talk of Love Presents, which is where I do episodes dedicated to more serious topics. Um, And of course, I'm always going to bring you Talk of Love where I'm interviewing reality stars from VH1. I'm going to continue bringing that to you for as long as you guys are interested. But I'm also adding this new episode, which is Love of Talk. And basically, you guys know by now how much I love to talk, how much I love listening to people talk, how much I love engaging in conversation and learning. And um, so I thought this would be a great time to basically talk about all kinds of like fun stuff, light stuff, and uh, get into things that you really want to know about that you may not know yet. So even though I talk a lot about Rock of Love and Flavor of Love and I Love Money and all the shows, I know that you guys still have lots of questions and things that you want to know about. So today I'm going to do exclusively an AMA, which is Ask Me Anything. And I ask you guys to post on the Talk of Love Instagram page and ask me questions as well as on YouTube as well. And you guys came up with some really, really great great questions for me. And I'm excited to dive right into it. Um, First though, I want to let you guys know that uh, I have a whole new look for the Talk of Love website. It has been completely revamped. So I would love it if you guys wouldn't mind checking that out. All you got to do is go to talkoflove.net. And um, that's the place you can also go to sign up to be a contributor, to get all kinds of rewards, reaction videos, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, Secondly, I want to give a shout out to the YouTube channel, Punk Rock MBA. If you guys haven't seen it yet, it's a really, really cool YouTube channel. Uh, The guy Finn basically does a deep dive into all kinds of things rock music related. So if you're into rock music, definitely check out Punk Rock MBA. And actually he did a really, really cool episode where he was basically dissecting Rock of Love. And so that was definitely something that was really fun to watch as well. So he just uploaded that recently. Be sure to go to his YouTube channel and I'm gonna put that on the screen below and check that out. Um, Okay, so what else do I have here? Basically today, I am going to be talking about all kinds of um, things having to do with Rock of Love, but I'm gonna also answer some of your other questions about like beauty and health. And um, some of you asked about my husband. I'm gonna get into all kinds of stuff. And I gotta say, I'm gonna answer as many questions as I can that you guys asked. If for some reason I don't get to your question, don't worry because I am gonna do more of these. So if you didn't get your question answered today, it will be answered in the future. All right, well, let's get into this. So for starters, um, on Instagram, Marissa asks, do you have an all-time favorite moment from being on any of the VH1 shows, like one that stands out the most? Yes, absolutely. I would say for me personally, I know that you didn't get to see it because it was canceled, but I can describe this moment. I had such a great time on I Love Money 3. And as you guys know, that show didn't air because of the Ryan Jenkins uh, horrific thing that happened. But aside from that, being on that show was so much fun. It was really cool to get to meet and and develop bonds with some of my favorites. Like you guys know, because I've talked about it before, Delicious and Shay from Flavor of Love. I loved those girls so much. And um, it was just fun to meet all these different people from the show's 
that I was really super into. So it was, it was kind of like, you know, I became a fangirl, you know? But one moment that really stood out just because it was such a wild thing that they had us do, but terrifying at the same time. I remember one of the challenges, we were all basically piled into the van and driven to some remote place. And it's funny because when we're on these shows, they never give us any hint of what we're going to be doing. Like sometimes they might tell us like, make sure you wear your tennis shoes or wear shorts or wear a dress, you know, and that's pretty much about it. But they don't give us any clues. So we never have any idea of what's going on. There's always like speculation and a little bit of nerves. But I do remember being in the van one day, again, we're in Mexico and we are driving through like on the main road. And then we're driving through like this jungle kind of um terrain and just, you know, trees and and kind of off-roading. We had no idea where we were going or what we were going to be doing. So we get to this challenge. We we pull up and the set, basically, you know, you see the cameras and the lights and everything. And there was this giant crane that was holding up this, this huge steel structure, this thing that clearly they had built and put together. And we're looking at this like, what the hell is that? Like, it looks like some kind of like bungee jumping thing. Um, and immediately my heart starts pounding and I start getting nervous because I will tell you guys, there is not much on this world, in this world that um, intimidates me. But, and there's not many things I'm afraid of. And I definitely love trying adventures and, and trying new things. But I am afraid of heights. <laughs> I really, really am. It's it's interesting because I'll do like, I'll do roller coasters and things like that. But I, I won't stand on a balcony of like, you know, if, if it's, especially if it's like, if you're like four or five stories up and it's a balcony, I, I will not go anywhere even close to it. Like I am so afraid of heights from that. In fact, my palms, <laughs> my palms are getting sweaty just thinking about it. So we, we walk up and basically the challenge is that we have, we're obviously divided into two teams and there we're basically on the side of a mountain. If you can imagine this and the ocean is below us and the ocean is far below us. I mean, it was like, it was like 200 feet or 100 feet. I mean, it was really, really far down below us. And there was, you could see the waves crashing on the rocks. And so there was a crane that was holding up a steel, if you want to think of it as a walkway, it was probably like um, about two feet, maybe three feet wide, probably not even three feet, probably two feet wide. And this, this platform, this steel platform walkway, it basically was being held up by the crane and it went beyond the edge of the mountain over the ocean. And it went out probably 30 feet. And um, it had these little obstacles on it. Like it had like a little teeter-totter on it. It had some plants that were sitting there. And so they had us in harnesses. And what we had to do was we were blindfolded. We had to get on our hands and knees and we had to crawl on this platform out 30 feet. And the whole time you're on the platform, you are about 100 to 200 feet above the ocean below you and you can see the rocks and everything. And so we, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. And at this point in time, I had already started throwing some of the challenges because I had to deal with the, with the gold team. I was on the green team. I was throwing challenges. So um, I, did, I did, you know, volunteer to go because you could basically, you could either go out there and try to be faster than the other team and they had their own platform as well. And whoever, you know, went all the way out, crawled all the way out and came all the way back would score a point. Whoever had the most points would win that challenge. And um, so you could either volunteer to go out there or you could um, be the caller. So since we were both blindfolded, 
There was another person that would be the caller. So for me, my caller, I remember, was delicious. And so I knew that this was going to be frightening for me because I was so terrified of heights. But I was thinking, well, if I'm blindfolded, I won't be able to see, so it'll be okay. So they put the harness on me. And to me, the harness doesn't make me feel any better. I'm like, you know, this thing could snap. You know, that's, there's no guarantee that the harness is going to hold you up. And the, my whole thing is I just didn't want to fall off the side of this like little steel platform and be dangling there. Like that just sounded terrifying. So uh, so I, I got on my hands and knees and Craig was like, and go. And so I, took, I put one hand forward and what I didn't anticipate was as I'm crawling, I realized that I could hear how far the earth was below me. And I'm thinking, yeah, I can't see it, but I can hear it. I could hear the difference between being on my hands and knees on the, on the ground, on the flat ground, and then crawling out on the platform and hearing the ground disappear beneath me. And I was terrified. And I remember before I even got like three feet out onto the platform, I stopped. And I, you know, when you get like paralyzed by fear, I literally was paralyzed. I stopped for a second and I I thought to myself, I can't do this. I don't think I can do this. I was so, so scared. But then I was like, you have to do this because you are the villain and you are the badass and you will be the laughing stock if you chicken out, like you have to do this. And so I forced myself and I was just crawling one hand at a time. And basically you're feeling, as, as you're crawling, you're feeling where the platform is. Again, it's only maybe two and a half feet wide. And um, I was so scared, you guys, I was so scared. And then you get to like this little teeter-totter. So you have to crawl up the teeter-totter and then it goes down the backside and you crawl down the backside of the teeter-totter and then you keep crawling. And then they have these like plants that are basically like in your face and in your way. So you're having to crawl like around these plants. And then there's a couple of other obstacles that I don't really remember. But when you get to the plat- into the platform, which again is about 30 feet out, you turn around and then you do the whole entire thing coming back. I was so scared. And I remember hearing Delicious's voice. And she, that was the only thing that was sort of keeping me calm. And she was like, Lazy, come on, baby girl. You just need to hurry up a little bit more. You're going a little slow, baby girl. You just need to speed up just a little bit. But I was so scared, you guys. I, I remember I was barely moving because I was just petrified. So finally, I, I made it. I got back. And, um, and then whoever was competing with me, who I can't remember now, uh, was faster than me. And so they won. But my team, the green team was like, oh, here, Lacey again. She threw the challenge. She threw the challenge. And so I was like, you know, when I was doing my um, confessionals, I was like, oh, I just, you know, threw the challenge. You know, I didn't want them to win because I have the deal with the gold team to not send me home. And, um, but really what the truth was is I was so, so scared. That was one of the most scared times I've, I've ever had in my entire lifetime. But I, I couldn't let anybody know that because that totally went against who I was as far as my character, you know? So um, it was, but that said though, I am glad I had that experience because it was a once in a lifetime experience. And some of these challenges and things that we did in Mexico, and by the way, it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. As scary as it was when we finally, you know, were able to take off our blindfolds and you could see the whole ocean. It was just breathtaking. So um, that definitely stands out and it was was definitely worth it. It was a, a really fun, crazy, wild time. As I said, once in a lifetime experience being on I Love Money. Um, All right, so let's see. We have so many great questions here. Um, All right, so I'm going to actually answer a difficult question now. Um, I appreciate the fact that this person asked me this question. This is something I have addressed a few times in the comments section of either Instagram or um, YouTube. 
but I, I don't think I've really, really dived into it yet on the podcast. So I appreciate this person asking me this question and the respectful manner in which they asked me this. So um, on Instagram, Whitley asks, on Rock of Love Charm School, there was a scene that I found very offensive where you attempted to rip Raven's weave off that you assumed was a wig. As a black woman, we are very insecure about our hair and attempting to embarrass her by exposing her natural hair was so disappointing to see. Although that was years ago, I hope that you will address this at some point and do some research on the issues and industry of black hair. So I'm really glad that Whitley um, asked that question. And thank you so much for, for being brave enough to just be so direct. I, I will always, you guys can ask me anything you want, as long as it's said in a respectful way and a direct way, I will always appreciate that. Um, so I will say, this is not the first time I've heard this. I've, I've heard a number of people say this. I, I've, I've actually gotten quite a few reactions to the whole Raven wig pulling thing. And um, a lot of people, you know, think it's really funny and like that was, that was hilarious when you did that. But enough people have come to me and said, you know, that really actually wasn't cool. And we get that you were being like villainous Lacey, but, but there, there is a, a line that shouldn't be crossed. And with Raven, you crossed that line. So I will start out by saying that it, it makes me really sad because my intention was never ever to make anybody feel hurt or feel pain in all of my antics. And in fact, I had really made big efforts when I was being the villain character to not be a bully per se, but really only target people that I had felt that I had a justified reason. So like for instance, with, with Jess, um, my reason for going after her and targeting her was that um, pretty quickly on Rock of Love 1, the two girls divided into two, the, as they call it so eloquently, the, the slutty girls and the bitchy girls. <laughs> and I was the slutty girl, of course. <laughs> and then um, Jess was in the bitchy girls category. And these two groups of girls, we didn't get along because the, the one group of girls, Jess and everybody, they were a bit more uptight, more conservative, more reserved. And then I was with a group of girls that were the partiers. And you know some of the girls took their tops off and were just very wild and drank a lot of alcohol. So I felt that there was one moment in time where I went over to say hi to Jess and I tried to like feel out her and her group of friends, Magdalena and all of them. And I just really got the cold shoulder. And I basically got told like, Lacey, we don't want anything to do with you, go away. And so for me, I was like, all right, that's a justification to be, you know, my my evil Lacey character. And, and I really did that with all of the girls. I, I never targeted anybody because of you know what they looked like or who they were or what their race was or anything like that. I specifically looked evenly at all of the girls in the house as the competition. And I knew that I was gonna have to focus on each one, one by one to get rid of them and get them eliminated. But I, I needed also a good reason. So like, for example, Rock of Love 2, I really didn't like the way that the girls were with um, Christy Joe. I thought that was bullying. I felt like they didn't have a valid reason on why they were going after Christy Joe as hard as they were. Same thing with um, Daisy at the end. The girls, especially Amber Lake, they were vicious. And especially Heather, they were vicious to, um, to Daisy. Now I've told you guys in the past, Daisy's not my favorite person in the world as far as this, the cast of these shows goes, but they were overly mean to her and they didn't provide us as the viewers as for any, they didn't give us a good reason on why are you doing this aside just to like, to be mean. And they came across as jealous. They came across as jealous of Daisy. They came across as jealous of Christy Joe. So I was trying to avoid that. I wasn't gonna be mean just for the sake of mean. So for example, with Dallas, 
one of the first things she did is she saw I had a PETA shirt. She came up to me and she was like, you know, if there was an animal here right now, I'd slit its throat. Now, I don't think that Dallas would really do that. I don't think she meant that um, literally, but I think she was trying to come at me of something that she knew I cared about, which was animal rights to get a rise out of me. And, and it worked. And so I was like, all right, here's my opportunity with this girl, Dallas, you know, she can be my arch nemesis for this, to me, valid reason. Um, you know, I know I went after Aaron. I went after a few different girls. Um, but with Raven, um, I went after her on Charm School because she was going after Jessica Kinney, who we all have determined is the nicest human being on the planet Earth. <laughs> so with that said, the way that I went after um, Raven for going after Jessica Kinney, um, I saw she had this you know, crazy hair piece. Um, I don't know if it was a weave or what it was, but a few girls had been commenting on it and kind of making jokes about it. So I had remembered there was, um, I don't know if I saw this like on Jerry Springer, but I remember a long time ago on some kind of like, trash daytime TV, these two women who I don't even remember what their race was. I don't remember anything about it, but I just remember two women um, fighting with each other and one grabs the other one's weave and yanks it off. And then the other woman was standing there in a wig cap. Um, and it was really funny. And so in that moment, I kind of like had a flashback to whatever it was, Jerry Springer, whatever I saw. And I'm like, that would be so funny if I did that to her. And then that's what I did. You guys saw the rest. I, I thought it was a wig. It didn't come off. It probably really hurt her the way that I did that, which was not my intention, but that is what happened. So I would like to start off by saying that I, I didn't understand then but I do understand now, or at least I'm trying to understand why that was not okay. Of all the villainous antics that I did, that was too far. And what I have learned is that um, black women have had a terrible history with white people discriminating against them because of their hair. A lot of times there has been issues with um, black women trying to get jobs or trying to be in sports or trying to be in school, just trying to be a, a normal regular person, just like everybody else. And a lot of times they have really, really been discriminated against, you know, either in trying to get a job or what have you. They've been told they're, that their natural hair is not acceptable. They have to cut their natural hair. They have to get rid of it. They have to cover it. Um, and, and that's just one of many issues. I know that a lot of black women have had issues with white people coming up and touching their hair, or grabbing their hair and just being very inappropriate. Now, when I, when I did this with Raven, it didn't even occur to me I wasn't thinking about the fact that she was black, if, if that makes any sense. I was just kind of looking at everybody as like competition, right? Like, how can I get her? 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 And I, I, didn't, I didn't know. I was, I was dumb. I was naive. I didn't know that there was history behind um, black people's struggles with white people not accepting them for their hair. So now that I know that in hindsight, I, I want to apologize to anybody who was... Um, who was hurt by that? Because, you know, it, it, the reason I'm getting choked up a little bit right now is because my whole intention on these shows was to be fun and funny and to entertain people. And like hurting people that were viewers or, or triggering them or reminding them of something upsetting, that, that is the last thing I wanted. That's the last thing. And I just wasn't thinking, you guys. I wasn't thinking. So if I were to do anything over, I, I loved being a villain. I'm glad I, I played the villain role, role, but that is the one thing I wouldn't have done. It is, it is the one thing that um, crossed the line. And I feel horrible about it because as I said, like it, what I ended up doing in that moment was the opposite of what I was trying to do. What I was trying to do 
was entertain an audience. And what I ended up doing was causing pain. So I, I want to apologize. Um, to, to, if I could apologize to Raven, I would. Unfortunately, I don't have a way to reach her. But I want to apologize to Black women who saw that and, and felt pain by that. And I, and I, I, I want to say that um, I can never understand your pain but I can, I can try and I can learn. And I appreciate anybody who's come at me respectfully going like, hey, Lacey, that really wasn't cool. And you need to educate yourself on why. So I, I'm trying to do that. And I just want you to know that that's, that's where I stand on that. And I, I do apologize to anybody that I caused pain to that saw that. Um, you know, I can sort of relate to it a little bit um, by going, well, of course, I, I don't know the pain of, of being black and the, the not of being black, but of being discriminated against for being black. I don't know that pain. Um, but I do know the pain of a woman being um, mistreated by men just for being a woman. Now, most of the men in my life have been amazing and are wonderful people, but I get triggered sometimes. Um, like, I'll give you an example. Um, as you guys know, I've talked about this quite a bit. I had suffered from sexual abuse as a child. So I get triggered really easily with stuff like that. Um, I mean, I've been a huge fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers for years. And if you guys saw my um, my Talk of Love Presents uh, Predators episode, um, you will know that I brought up Anthony Kiedis had written a, a tell-all book. And in that, he had mentioned that um, he had sex with a 14-year-old. And he was kind of making like jokes about it and making light of it. Now, when I read that for the first time, I remember it upset me so much. And I, I cried. I was heartbroken to hear that that had happened. Um, I, I get really, really triggered anytime there's a situation of adult men preying on underage girls. That really, really, really upsets me. So even though Anthony Kiedis didn't do that to me, just the fact that he had done this to somebody else and was laughing about it and making light of it, that made me feel pain. So from that angle, I can try to kind of understand where black women are coming from when they see me do something to another black woman that causes them pain and gives them reminders of, of horrible treatment they've received in their life. So, so from that angle, I can try to understand if that makes sense. I can, I can try to relate, I guess maybe is a better way of saying that. So um, I hope that gives you a clearer idea of where I was coming from with all that. But no, I absolutely never targeted anybody from their, uh, you know, for their race. I targeted all the girls equally, but I do understand now how that was painful. And I definitely um, would never do that ever, ever, ever again. And I'm glad I have the education now on, on why that was wrong. So I do apologize to anybody that that hurt, upset, or offended. Um, okay, <laughs> uh, let's get into um, some more questions now. Actually, I have, I have a couple of recorded questions um, that I want to play right now. This, is, uh, this message is from Nick on Instagram. Um, let's hear what Nick has to say. Hey, Lacey. My name's Nick. Uh, I've sent you uh, a few messages before, but uh, I never sent a voice memo, so this might be all over the place. But I was wondering, um, I know back in December, um, you said Pumpkin was going to come on, and I was just wondering if there's an update about that. Um, I try and watch every episode you put out, but maybe I've missed it or... I don't know. I just haven't seen anything. Uh, I know the whole Laylene situation uh, didn't end up how we all wanted it to, but yeah. Um, also, are you gonna have any like returning guests? Like, I liked when you had Farrah and Ashley on together. So maybe like Megan and Brandy C on together. That'd be fun. 
Um, yeah. And love your content. Thanks for everything you do. Uh, I watched it when I was like eight years old. <laughs> so I should have been watching uh, these shows. But yeah, I always liked the villain. So obviously, I always liked you. So yeah, thank you. This is a great question. So thank you so much, Nick, for that. Yes, several months ago, I was trying to get a hold of Pumpkin. And as you guys all know, Pumpkin has basically disappeared from social media. So one of the only people that I knew that might still be talking to Pumpkin was Toasty. Now, I invited Toasty onto the podcast as well, but Toasty is uh, involved, her, her career is involving therapy and, and counseling and things like that. And so she really didn't want to get back into that stage of her life when she was doing these shows, um, just out of respect for her own current career. So she declined coming onto the podcast, but she did tell me that she was still po- talking to Pumpkin. So she, I, I basically typed out a message for Pumpkin, an invitation to come onto the podcast. I sent that to Toasty um, along with my phone number, and I asked if she could please uh, send that message to to pumpkin for me. Um, I didn't hear any anything back for several weeks, but then just about a month later, I received a text message and it was pumpkin saying like, hey, lazy is pumpkin. It, you know, I got your message. I would love to come onto your podcast. That, that sounds great. Um, and so I was like, awesome. So I tried to plan a date with her for her to actually come on. And this was back in like November or December. Um, First, she told me that she was going through some tough times because I think some of her family members got COVID and they got really sick. Then her roommates got COVID, then she got COVID. Um, And then after that, she told me that she was really, when she got better, she was really behind in work. Um, And then uh, she just said she had to play catch up for a little bit. And then Then she said that she had just bought a new house in another state and she was going back and forth between California and the state where her new house was. And so after a period of like months and months, I realized it was just kind of like one excuse after another excuse after another excuse on why she couldn't come on. And so I finally one day said like, hey, you know, I'm getting the feeling that you don't want to come on the podcast. And if that's the case, that's totally okay. Um, But just let me know and I'll stop bugging you. Um, And so she responded back like, no, 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 I still want to come on. I still want to come on. Like I promise, I'm really sorry that it's taken me forever, but I promise at some point when I have some time, I will come on your podcast. And I was like, okay. And then so some more time passed and more time passed and more time passed. I wrote to her again. I was like, hey, just so you know, um, everybody keeps asking me, when are you going to come on to the podcast? Because everybody's very excited to to hear you and see you. And I'm gonna go ahead and tell everybody that you've declined because it's been so much time now and I gotta give everybody an answer. Like, are you coming on or are you not? And so I, I, I guess I'm just gonna tell them that you're not able to. So then she wrote me back and she was like, hey, Lacey, so sorry, um, I've just been so busy. Um, you, you, of course, are free to tell them whatever you want, but, um, but just know like I still plan on coming on the podcast. I really want to. It's just because of this and because of that. Um, so this has been going on for months and months and months. And I don't know what that means. You know, I don't, I I wouldn't think that she'd be too afraid to just say no. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I get people, you guys that I'm inviting on and, and sometimes they're flaky or sometimes they decide they want to do it. And then they decide that they've changed their mind. Uh, you know, Amber Lake is another one. I invited her on last year. Um, last year, she said that she really wanted to come on, but then she got really busy. And then after that, it's just been, I'm so sorry, I'm busy. I'm so sorry, I'm busy. Um, but without ever actually giving me a definitive no. And then, you know, I do give them an out like, hey, if you don't want to do it, no hard feelings, it's all good, you know, but the fans would love to see you. You know, you still have lots of fans, but uh, there's a lot of wishy-washy people in these 
cast of people. That's one thing I have come to learn. And uh, I, I think that's just the bottom line. I think some people, maybe they get, you know, cold feet. Maybe they're afraid of, of what kind of like, reception they're going to receive. I mean, who knows, you know? Um, but I, I will say there's been a number of these people that have been really kind of flaky, kind of wishy-washy that kind of say one thing, but then say another thing. And um, so that's all I can tell you guys. Um, I don't know if we ever are actually going to get pumpkin or not. I hope so. And I'm going to keep trying. And I will say she has been very, very sweet when we've been texting back and forth. She's been really sweet. So, um, and, and I, I think she's great. So I would love to have her on, but that's unfortunately the best answer I can give you. That's that's where we're at. I'm just as I'm just as lost as you guys. <laughs> Hopefully one day soon we'll get her on though. So um, thank you so much, Nick. That was a great um, great question. Uh, all right, let's see. Um, we have a couple of other really good ones. Um, okay. On Instagram, Ajax asks, during the charity challenge on Charm School, you get into arguments with people. Who, me get into argument? I don't, that doesn't sound like me. Uh, <laughs> during the, the Charm School challenge, you got into arguments with people who refused to donate. Okay, so this is at the very end, I think when I was in the final three and we were going up and down Hollywood Boulevard trying to get people to donate to this organization that then distributes the items to people who are down on their luck or homeless. Um, Ajax says, was all of that staged by producers since you were the villain character and that's how they planned your exit? Or was your reaction genuine because you felt that strongly about the donations? It's a great question, Ajax. So I will say um, that was not encouraged by the producers. That was definitely something that I did on my own. So. When I do these shows and I get into like super competitive mode, I basically have a philosophy of of go big or go home. You know, I, I have a, a go for broke kind of way of of doing these challenges. And I knew, I mean, now first of all, anything that has to do with like charity or volunteer volunteering or or giving, donating, all of that, that's something that has always been a really big part of my life, something very important important to me that I've always been involved in. So yeah, it's frustrating when you're, especially on Hollywood Boulevard, these are tourists, these are people that that probably have some money and you're going, can you buy a toothbrush? And then they just like snub you. And that's frustrating. So I do genuinely get frustrated. Um, I wouldn't normally act in that manner if it wasn't for what I consider performing for a TV show. But also it was a little bit strategy and I knew this was either going to really, you know, launch me into the final two on Charm School or it was going to send me home. Like I knew it was going to be one or the other, but I I really wanted to stand out among the other girls. And, you know, Sharon Osbourne, as we all know, is has a big personality. And if she's pissed off, she says it like, tells it like it is. So I was thinking either one of two things is going to happen. Either Sharon is going to see how I reacted to people who didn't donate, especially people who might be carrying like, you know, an expensive bag, a Chanel bag or something like that. She's going to see my frustration. She's going to see me get upset with these people. And she's going to go, wow, Lacey genuinely cares about this cause. She's genuinely passionate about it. And it shows. And I, or she might go, I totally understand, Lacey. I probably would have acted that way as well, which I, I think she did say something like that. Um, or it was going to completely backfire on me and it was going to get me sent home. So I knew it was going to be one or the other, but I didn't want to just do like what the other girls were doing. Like, hey, hey, will you donate? No? Oh, okay. Thanks anyway. Like, that's just not my personality. And I I didn't want to be 
like them. I didn't want to do what they were doing because it was a competition. I wanted to stand out. So um, I remember when we were uh, when we were on the, I think it was me and Destiny that were on the um, up for possible expulsion, and we were both pleading our case. One thing that I did with Destiny, because they were kind of saying like, Destiny, do you even really care about this cause? Like, does this matter to you? Like, where's your passion, you know? So I remember saying to Destiny, or asking her rather, um, hey, Destiny, do you do you even know what the name of the organization is that we're doing this for? And I remember she thought for a second, and what I was hoping would happen is that she'd go, no, I don't remember the name of the, of the um, organization. And then I was gonna go, see, Destiny doesn't care. She doesn't even know the name of the organization. I know the name of the organization. I care and you should send her home and, keep, and let me go on to the final two. But Destiny remembered the name of the organization. She said the name of the organization. I remember Ricky was like, Lazy, why are you even asking her that? I'm like, I'm just trying to see where her, where her heart is at. Like, how much does this matter to her? But she did remember the name of it. So um, because of the way things turned out, it was a risk, it was a gamble. And unfortunately, it was one that got me sent home. So, but yes, I would say overall, that was primarily a genuine reaction of me. And also kind of um, does still fit in with the um, evil Lacey, crazy Lacey villainous character. All right, we have another recorded message from, and please forgive me if I mess up the pronunciation of your name, but Neve, this is a question from Neve on Instagram. Were you trying to set Ina up to fail on the Duchess challenge by not telling her to cover up? Even Sharon said you guys would have won if Ina had been covered up. Was that a tactic to get Ina eliminated? That's a really great question. Um, you know, I've actually been asked that a couple of times. So that challenge was so crazy because first of all, the fact that we had to memorize the Duchess's full name, which I couldn't even, I couldn't even recite it back to you now, but I remember that was a bitch to learn. And I was just walking around the house the entire day, just saying her name over and over and over until I had it memorized. And I, I just didn't really want to stumble over her name and make myself look like an idiot. So I really worked hard at memorizing her name. And that was really my primary focus is to not sound stupid by not saying her full name correctly, which was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> her name, I mean. And one of the rules that we had was we couldn't have our decolletage exposed. Now, I will be honest with you guys. I didn't know what that word meant at the time. And now we all know decolletage is basically your cleavage. And so when I heard you can't have that exposed, I basically just thought to myself, what is the most conservative way that I can dress myself and still, you know, look nice? But um, if I was going to like, you know, a restaurant with my parents or something, you know? So, uh, well, I certainly wouldn't dress how I did on the show, but I basically would have everything covered. I'd probably wear like a longer skirt. I would wear long sleeves, you know, that sort of thing. So I wasn't really paying too much attention to what the other girls and specifically Ina, I wasn't really paying attention to what they were doing. I was really only just paying attention to memorizing this damn long ass name of Duchess. And so when uh, when I was getting dressed, I would just remember like thinking just to cover up. And, and I didn't mean for myself, I wasn't thinking about my cleavage. I was just thinking about everything, you know? And so when Ina got dressed and she had her cleavage showing, I, I, I half noticed it, but I really wasn't paying attention to what Ina was doing. I was just over and over in my head trying to memorize this long ass, stupid ass damn name that we all had to learn. So um, then when it you know, came out that like 
the decolletage, that's in reference to one's cleavage. And uh, Inez was showing, I was thinking like, oh shit, yeah, of course, I, that makes sense. But being the fact that I was doing the villain character, I just kind of leaned into it and played like, oh yeah, I knew what it was. I, I knew what it was. I was just trying to get Ina sent home. But the truth is, I didn't know what that word meant. And for me personally, I just covered up as best as I could and I was only focused on the name. So that seemed like something that might've been strategic. And, and it's interesting because the way the show played out, it looks like I purposely was like, haha, I'm not going to tell Ina. But that was actually the one thing that wasn't strategy. It really was my ignorance to what this word meant and me just focusing on not screwing up this ridiculous name that we all had to memorize. So, um, all right. So we are going to take a break from questions from um, Instagram. And I actually want to give a shout out to the Rock of Love page on Reddit. Uh, this is a really great community in case you guys haven't checked it out yet. I go on there here and there as much as I can. Um, but, uh, and I don't, this isn't my Reddit. This is just one that has existed long before the podcast, but it's a really great community of people and they post all kinds of like fun and funny stuff. And every once in a while, somebody will tag me in something. And so, um, a while ago, uh, somebody on Reddit, uh, their name on Reddit is the off grid, uh, asked me this specific question. Um, they said, can we have an AMA with Lacey? We love Lacey and she's been having guests on her show, but we want to ask her some questions. I want to know how the F does she still look the same from 10 years ago? She's barely aged. I need her diet, exercise routine, and blood that she's drinking. <laughs> and then somebody under that responded and said um, that I had talked, I think it was like in a February or March uh, podcast episode back when I was doing those and Heather was coming on as my guest. Um, and I had talked about uh, doing Botox. Um, so this is a great question. Well, first of all, for the off-grid, whoever posted that, I want to say thank you so much. I appreciate your kind words. And um, the other person who responded, yes, I actually did used to do Botox. Um, I was in love with Botox, still am, but I actually haven't had the opportunity to do Botox in probably a year because of the pandemic. Um, so for any of you that haven't had Botox, uh, if you use it lightly and sparingly, it's amazing. And Basically, I'm 44 now. I was born in 1976. And I was getting like some little lines, like just, you know, your worry lines here and like little crow's feet when you smile. And the Botox is amazing because if you just put a little bit in your forehead, a little bit on the crow's feet, it just relaxes those lines. And even if you smile, you don't get the crow's feet. And if, you can still move your eyebrows, but, um, you know, you, you don't see the lines. And um, the problem, the downside to Botox, besides that it's kind of expensive, it's usually about 300 bucks, 350 bucks every time I go, it only lasts for four months. And then your body basically just breaks it down and then it's not there anymore. So you have to up, keep it up about every four months. And that's what I was doing. I started doing Botox when I was like 37, 38, but I stopped last year. Um, and what's really great, the reason you guys can't tell that I stopped doing Botox is because the lighting that we have, um, if you know, to, for this podcast, it illuminates my entire face. So we don't have light just from straight above shining straight down. And if we did, like, you know, if you're in a bathroom or something and the light's just above you, um, you can see, or I can see like lines and stuff like that. But because of the lighting, it really just um, illuminates your whole face 
and it doesn't give the lines anything to like have it cast a shadow, if that makes any sense. So um, like ring lights are perfect. Like, you know, if you use a ring light and you turn it on, it illuminates your entire face. And then you look at yourself like, oh, I look amazing, you know, thanks to the ring light. But um, beyond that, I will tell you, um, I really make a conscious effort to take care of myself as well. So I'll just tell you a tiny bit about that. Um, basically water is my best friend and it always has been. I drink tons and tons of water and I made, I, when I was younger, like in my 20s, so this was like 20 years ago, I started carrying around literally a gallon of water. I would get one of those big jugs and I would just, you know, drink the, literally the whole entire thing. I would sip on it all day long and I would make sure to drink that whole thing. And it's annoying because you have to pee a lot, but it is the best moisturizer you can possibly do. And then I would just hang on to that jug and the next day I'd refill it. And I still to this day do that. I drink tons and tons and tons of water. So that is definitely number one. It will keep your skin healthy, healthier than any kind of products you can buy or shit that you can inject into your face. So I definitely recommend that for whatever age you're at. You know, it's never too late to start with a really good water regimen. And it, and, it, and it's, it, you kind of have to force yourself at first and you got to get in the habit. But once you're in the habit, your body will crave it and then it won't be like work anymore. You'll just be like constantly wanting to sip on water, which is what I do. Um, number two important thing for health and beauty, sleep. I cannot emphasize this enough. Sleep, 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 sleep. I try to religiously get eight hours. Um, I really try not to get less. It happens, but um, I make big efforts to get eight hours of sleep every single night. That's really important as well. Um, I never was a smoker, never smoked cigarettes. So I think that um, helps as well. Even when I was drinking alcohol, which I really don't anymore, but not it's not that I quit, but I just, because of the pandemic, you know, we don't go out. Like my husband and I are social drinkers. So not without having a place to go social drink, <laughs> you know, we kind of just like stop drinking. But I'm, I'm sure once everything opens up, we'll start again. But even with the alcohol, as I said, because I drink so much water, it really helps flush it out of your system. Um, also, when I, um, I'm really big into moisturizer too, though. Uh, I don't buy expensive shit. Literally, I just buy grocery store like Aveeno. I've been using that for years and years and it's great. And I use it, you know, my skin is not sensitive. So I can use the same lotion on my body, on, on my face. I don't use different lotions or anything like that. But I will tell you that that's another thing I'm kind of religious about. I get out of the shower, I slather the lotion all over me like I'm making my own porno. It's uh, it's really um, a good thing for your body and um, definitely something that I would recommend as well. So um, I, as you guys know, I don't eat beef, pork, or poultry. I'm not a vegan, but I mostly have a vegetarian diet. Um, and I really, I think the fact that I don't eat like hamburgers or anything like that, then you're not going to end up getting like the French fries and all the other crap that goes with it. So I try to eat relatively healthy. I do allow myself to have a weekly cheat date um, where I do ice cream and or chocolate, which are like my two favorites. Um, so I think that's important because otherwise you get burnout. So um, that would be my my beauty routine. Um, I definitely try. I haven't been exercising this really this year. And I, I admittedly am one of the ones that gained 10 pounds from, from this damn pandemic because um, the gyms have been closed. And so, um, but I do walk the dogs every day. So I do make an effort to stay active. Um, I've got one more question I want to answer for you guys. And then I am actually going to uh, do another one of these because as I said, there's just so many questions and you guys are just like, you know, I love engaging with you. So we're definitely going to do more of these. But the one thing that everybody has been asking me over the years is, how long have you had your hair that color? What's your natural hair color? And how do you get it so red? So I'll answer that really quick before I let you guys go. Um, 
Believe it or not, I am a natural blonde. <laughs> I started dyeing my hair when I was about 20 years old, but um, there's old pictures of me. In fact, I think I posted one I had um, on Instagram. I had really kind of a golden blonde, um, very light blonde hair color. It was very pretty. But um, when I started being in rock bands, which is when I was about 18, I remember looking at the pictures back and you know we were always in like, you know, all black and very dark. And... Um, you know, it, it just, the blonde hair didn't match. It was very like girl next door and it didn't match the outfit I was wearing and the, and the vibe and the energy that we were giving off while we were performing live. So I started playing around with um, with different hair dye. Like, in fact, I think I dyed my hair black one time and I it made me look so washed out. I looked like very, very goth. Like I, I was all into like the goth look, but this was like just way too far. So, um, so anyway, I then I did, at one point I did like platinum blonde and then I did this like a really bad two-tone like platinum blonde and black streaks. Um, then I did platinum blonde and blue streaks. I mean, I just really played around with everything. And then when I, I went back to the black streaks again, but I, I decided I'm like, it just looks ridiculous. And so I started trying to take the black out and it wouldn't come out. And so it ended up, I got it to this like ugly orange rust color. And I was like, oh man, this is horrible. I have platinum blonde hair with rust orange streaks. And it looked terrible. It looked so white trash. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to do now. Like, what am I going to do? And so I was like, well, maybe red will cover up the orange. So I remember I put, I did the whole thing red and I was like, I love this. This feels like such a representation of like who I am because red, you know, if you think about what is red, red is, is, is passion, red is fiery, red is you know, it's extreme. And I and back then there wasn't a lot of people doing red. So um, I really liked it. And so I went with that. And um, because my hair already had been bleached, um, it took the red really, really well. And so that was when I was about 20, 21. I have not changed my hair color since then. This is like very much my identity now. And so um, I actually just use Manic Panic. Uh, I try really hard to take good care of my hair. Um, I have very thick, coarse, kinky hair. So I have to do a lot of moisturizer and straightening iron to get it to behave. But it's very, if you think of like a horse's tail, it's very, it's naturally very coarse. Um, and the good thing is that it, it makes it strong so it can withstand a lot. But um, basically what I do is I, I've had the red forever so I don't have to bleach my whole hair. But when my roots grow in, um, my blonde hair has always grown in a little darker. And what ends up happening is if I spend a little bit of time in the sun, sun bleaches it out. So my roots are probably like a dirty blonde. And so what I do is about every eight weeks, I take some bleach and I just touch all the roots and I you know, section it and touch those roots, let it sit on for maybe like 20 minutes until it lightens it up. I shampoo that out and then I get some manic panic. I buy the vampire red, of course, um, but... What I usually do is I also get a little bit of Manic Panic Blue. And again, I like Manic Panic because it's not permanent. So it's not so damaging to the hair. I get a little blue and um, and that's why a lot of times my hair is different shades because I just sort of eyeball it. I'll put a little bit of blue in with the Vampire Red, mix it up so it kind of gives it that sort of burgundy. And then um, I apply that to the roots and then to the whole that have been bleached and then to the whole thing. And so that's what gives it this kind of burgundy color. But um, depending on how much blue I put in or you know, depending if I have just washed it, it always fades after you wash it. So whenever you watch a podcast and you see my hair is like kind of various different colors, that is why. So um, that's how I do my hair. Uh, my hair is um, naturally this long and um, 
Occasionally, I'll put in extensions just to have a little extra color, but it naturally is is pretty thick and pretty long, and I usually don't have to do anything to it as far as extensions or anything like that. Um, I just keep up with the color, and, and that's about it. So there you have it. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been a lot of fun. I was hoping to get through more questions, but as you guys know, and as the title of this episode is, I love to talk. So <laughs> you're going to get some thorough answers. Um, but I'm definitely going to do this again. Again, I appreciate you guys for listening. Please go check out the, the talkoflove.net website and you'll see the new look. And uh, you can there check out if you want to become a contributor, what kinds of rewards we offer, reaction videos, all ki- reaction videos and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on YouTube. And if you enjoyed this, hit the thumbs up. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you. Love you so much. Be safe. And I will see you next week. And until then, don't threaten me with a good time. Bye, guys.